Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reaching a glittering milestone, he's 8,000th driving victory and he joins us direct from Ballarat tonight. Chris, congratulations. Yeah, thanks very much. Now, you can hear him loud and clear, Damo, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely loud and clear. Is it more joy and relief after all the build-up, Chris, that you're feeling at the moment? Uh, yeah, pretty much relief, I'd say, at this stage. Um, I was getting a bit stagnant there, like a cricketer stuck on 99 <laughs> and couldn't get to the 100 or something like that. But, um, yeah, thankfully, uh, it was always, well, unless I something bad happened it was always going to come eventually just glad we got it done yeah uh chris um i mean i, I was sat in here and watched it with jordan leadham and tasman potter who are at the start of their careers um and you're i'm not going to say you're at the end of your career but you're at the at the back end of your career but still going strong um can you remember the early days of, of being a driver and what it was like perhaps when you're not as comfortable turning up to the races when the nerves were there and um you didn't know so many people can you take yourself back to those days uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, a long time ago now. I think I've been driving in the races for uh, 40 years nearly. Um, come this September, um, oh, I used to remember going out on the track um, with like of Teddy Demler and Brian Gath, Vinnie Knight, you know, Andrew Peace, and you'd be scared of them. You'd be too scared to go near them in a race or to upset them <laughs> and things like that and uh, gradually sort of make your way and, and become one of them and... Um, yeah, it's all very competitive on the track, but uh, we all get along pretty well. Yeah, I spoke to Alison at the races on Saturday night, just in the stalls before the first, and we just got talking about the, I guess, the build-up and um, us at Harness Race Victoria have probably been responsible for some of that extra pressure that we've put on you, but it's all in uh, it's all in good fun and all for a good cause. But I think Alison did say that, you might admit it, but she did feel like you were, we were feeling it a little bit, particularly heading into a big night, you know, free-to-air TV, a big race. I think you had some... I ran into a guy that said your son's cricket team was there to watch you or something. You know, all those sorts yeah. of things. Were you starting to feel a sense of expectation that you had to deliver? Yeah, sort of. I just, you know, wanted... Um, yeah, it's hard to explain. I just, like, felt like I was, like, failing in the end. Like, I, I didn't think I was giving the horses bad trips or anything. They just sort of weren't getting to the line. And um, just you have those weeks. One week you're... Like at Cranbourne, I think I drove four winners in one night a week and a half ago and then go three or four days without a win and it felt like three months sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I, I knew a lot of people were, you know, waiting for it to come, like the media guys, you know, turning up at tracks that they don't usually have to go to <laughs> and stuff like that. I made the um, hike up one night. <laughs> which was hard and, you know, all the way to Shepparton and things like that and then Geelong and whatever. But, um, yeah, thankfully now... Uh, we can all celebrate and uh, move on. 
Well, how will you celebrate? Um, I don't know if you're a man that likes a quiet drink or not, but I know the uh, Ballarat District Trotting Club did provide you with a nice esky with a few beers and a bottle of champagne, I reckon. Yeah, no, that looked very nice and was very uh, thankful to Ballarat for um, doing that for me. But, yeah, just quiet. And um, I think we'll have no races on Sunday, so I might have a little celebration on Sunday. Yeah, super. Um, what's what's the initial emotions? I mean, I've I've heard you, you already chat on a couple of interviews already, but um, is it relief? Is it um, can you you probably will sit back tonight and just go, wow, I've done it. You know, eight thousand. Just it's a huge number. I mean, I think the we're chatting to the, to the audience listening in now that they're not all harness fans. To be honest, there's greyhound fans on the on the line now listening and, and thoroughbred fans. I think the leading. Jockey in Australia might be 4,500 or around that mark. So you're just in significant uncharted territory uh, in this, in racing. It's, um, you must, you know, acknowledge it. it's just such a huge achievement and a huge number. Yeah, pretty, pretty proud um, of, you know, getting to 8,000 wins. But, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do it without all the support I've had along the way from, you know, all the owners and trainers that trust me with their horses. So, um, they get, you know, the biggest thanks and all the all the support I get from home. Uh, they have to put up with me every day, <laughs> being tired and cranky or whatever. And, you know, big races, probably even worse, the lead up to them. But um, I think Alison said I was worse this week than I've ever been. So uh, just thankful now. Uh, hopefully I can go back to my normal self. Back to your normal self. Yeah, I'm looking through. You spoke about you know, driving for some of those little trainers. Of course, you've, you've driven in big races and won and huge ones, and I know they're special to you. Golden Rain, Lenny the Shark, uh, Lombo the Fifi, um, you know, Mont Denver Gold winning the Hunter Cup for your father. All those are fantastic, but you do get a huge kick out of driving for the little trainer, don't you? I mean, Luke Tabone was the, the trainer tonight that you drove I'm Wesley for, and I know that that moment will be a huge moment for him in his career about, you know, being able to prepare a horse for you to also fall off uh, at Maryborough, but uh, we'll talk about that later, but also to win a uh, career win 8,000. It's pretty special to drive for those little trainers, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, um, like, it's great to drive for the big stables, but, um, you know, like Noel and Jane and Emma and Clayton to win big races, but it sort of comes to sort of, like, be expected for them. So when you, you know, I think I won a Group 1 race for Joe Vasalo. He trains one or two horses and um, on I Am Pegasus won his first mm. Group 1. Then I think Freddie Spatiri, he trains a small team and I think I'd, he'd had one um, Group 1 in, in sort of a, a smaller race but then won a size stakes final for him and um, just the joy you see on their faces is, uh, you know, really why we do it. Yeah, Um well, we might as well touch on it now. That moment at Maryborough, I know you've had some funny things over the journey. I've got vivid memories of stumbling across a photo of you at Yarra Valley or somewhere where the seat came off. Yeah. So it's something similar has happened to you, but um, that must have been an awful shock at Maryborough the other day when uh, you were driving, I think, Park Lane, who you drive tonight, and yeah. the seat or the, the shaft across the in the sulky the broke apart yeah. and you, you fell on your bum and um, you were quick to turn around and make sure nothing was coming. That must have been one of the more quirky incidents in your career and if it wasn't, is it, has there been some other weird ones along the way? Um, probably nothing quite as strange as the other day when the bridge snapped and, yeah, just pulled the horse up and thankfully, you know, no one ran over me and Mick and Jack were pretty quick on their feet and did the old uh, swivel out the way. But... Um, the other one with Bold Raider, he, he still won the race when the seat come off it. I think it was Yarra Valley and um, 
But no, pretty much, you know, I had broken gear and stuff. I remember I won on one of Dad's one night when I hadn't been racing long and one of the hobbles snapped and she raced the whole race with just three hobble loops on and, yeah, but been pretty lucky, really. Uh, those that tuned into the racing.com coverage on, on Saturday night and, and may have been on the social media channels today, we posted that video of yourself and Damien Oliver at Mooney Valley and um, that must have been a great thrill to chat with the greatest of all time in the, the thoroughbred code and you've, you probably don't know each other well, but I'm sure you've crossed paths over the years. Yeah, we, we sort of first met um, when we used to have the dual code meetings at Mooney Valley and, um, yeah, by far, you know, anything like great friends and that, but acknowledge each other every time we see each other and, um, yeah, what Damien did was, you know, super special. I sort of said to him, you know, about um, getting stuck, you know, the last sort of 10, 15, I'm not sure, there was about a dozen left when I taught him and he said, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, I went to Perth for my send-off and I think I had one place and out of my first 12 rides <laughs> and then boom, 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 won the last three. So if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, is there, a, I know you've, I think we've, you've done some lists and top wins and top horses you've driven over the years. Is there, now you've had probably 50 different people ask you the same question, is there, is there a moment or a race or a horse that stands above all others, Chris? Um, just for... For favouritism and, and favourite races, it'd have to be Mondeva Gold when he won the Hunter Cup and Dad was crook and and whatever. But um, yeah, you, know, you 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 don't forget, but sometimes you have to have your memory jogged. And um, like when Lombo Lafifi won the Great Northern Oaks in New Zealand, that was pretty amazing, really. You know, to go over there and beat the the best ones. And as you said, Golden Rain, Lenny the Shark in the Inters, and the Miracle Mile, like takes pretty much t- to top that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've seen your phone flashing on and off, and I hope there's a bit of a fair bit of battery on there, but I'm sure you've had a heap of congratulations already from your, your fellow drivers and, and trainers, and there it goes again. How many messages were we up to at last look? Um, I think there was like 60-something before. Uh, <laughs> it's still going off uh, here, Damo. Um, up to 69 now. Um, so it's going to take me a while to... To uh, respond to everyone, but I will try and get around to it. Yeah, um, I had uh, I think Damien on the on the other end of this line asked me early in the night about sort of what sort of person you were, and um, I reflect I, you know I don't know you that well, but enough just to, to say good day, and we do the odd thing in the media together. But you've never once said no to me, nothing. Uh, and some of the things I ring you about are so trivial. You know, can you come on burning questions and drive down the road and go to David Miles' house yeah. to log in? And yeah, can you I answer? Didn't have Katie there. That's to right. Set it up for yeah. me. You're a good driver, no but, but your technology skills aren't the best. Um, you know, you're always up for a phone call. Uh, you'll talk about the horses. You'll do every media commitment there is. Um, tell us what you think, what sort of bloke you think you are and what sort of bloke you want to be. I mean, um, you're extremely humble for somebody who is the greatest driver of all time. I wouldn't say that. I'm the winningest, so we'll, go, we'll just go winning. Well, I'd say both. Um, no, I just think I'm pretty down to earth, so... Just like to go out and drive horses, um, enjoy just being pottering around the farm when we're not racing. So, uh, yeah, pretty casual. Do you, I, mean, I spoke about that media stuff, but do you, I know people like Andy Gaff, they, they see it as a responsibility that they promote the sport yeah. and they'll never say no within no. reason um, to anything that they can do. I mean, if a kid come up and ask you to sign something or, or have a go at your whip or whatever, you, you do it. Is it. I mean, do you sort of see that as a bit of a... Uh, it's 
part of your job as a driver and a, and a high-profile person in the sport to really promote the game? Oh, I think any sort of um, promotion is good for, you know, our sport. Um, I remember at the dual code meeting a couple of weeks ago, all these little kids were running around, oh, can we have your glasses? Can we have this? I heard this, your yeah. Goggles and, um, How many sets did you oh, lose? I think by the end of the night, I think I'd done four sets of goggles. <laughs> Had to borrow a set and the last off someone else because I had none left. <laughs> About four or five gloves. And then after the last, I had to give them a whip away. So, um, yeah, but they, that made their night. You yeah. know, they were just local kids from Cranbourne. Probably you would have got a kick horse. out of that, though, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Well, I was stabled right in the, the first um, stall where the people came through. And um, poor old Shazza Love, I reckon she had about 80 or 100 different kids come in and pat her, but she coped with it pretty well and I think, you know, most of them had never touched a horse before. Just a couple more from me, Damo, for, for that Chris go, but it, it, you spoke about kids having those memories of getting stuff off you. Have you got an early memory about something like that where you turned up to the trots and, um, and fell in love with it or, or was a bit starstruck by a driver or a horse or a trainer? Um, oh, yeah, when I was a little kid, I hadn't even... I think I was still at school, about 11 or 12, and I remember going out to... Um, Mooney Valley and I was out on the grass. We used to go out in front of the driver's room to watch the races and Brian Gath was there. He was like my idol when I first started, um, even liking the trots and um, he was on the grass. So I went down, stood there and watched a race with him and he patted me on the head and said, oh, you'll be here one day, boy. And uh, I always remember that day, so hope he's proud of me. Yeah. Well, what did you say when you went past him? I don't know how many winners he's got, but... Um uh, he's a ripper fella, isn't he? And th- those things, uh, there's always something. I mean, I, I've got a set of cricket gloves that a guy gave me that, that played at a semi-high level. It wasn't even the top level. But those things make you fall in love with the sport, don't they? Oh, for sure. And, you know, um, Brian's always been there ever since, like I said, since before I even started driving to give advice. And I've always looked up to him. And uh, mo- most drivers are the same. You know, if, you, if some junior driver wanted to come up and... Um, Ask me something or, you know, for some advice, I'm happy to give it. In saying that, you love winning, don't you? I mean, I've, I've always said uh, or I've always noticed about you that um, the number one thing for you is to win. And um, you might give some advice, uh, with yeah. all, but you're not going to give away an advantage. You're there to win every single time oh, yeah. uh, in every single race. Yeah, for sure. That, you know, nothing beats that winning feeling and that's why we do this job um, you're not going out there to win i don't really see the point yeah who's been um some of your your, your favorite you spoke about brian gath but who's been some of your great foes over the years i know you exchanged a few words with cares there before and i think you exchanged a few more when she knocked you off again out wide here before on silent reverie but people like her is there a few other names that spring to mind that you've had great battles with over the years um oh yeah there's always you know um go back and there was you know uh Gavin, we had a few Barneys on and off the track and um, <laughs> in the end ended up great mates. But, um, you know, when I started, there was, you know, guys that I had to drive against like Teddy Demler and, as I said, Brian. You even had, you know, old guys like Donnie Dove and that wouldn't give you an inch and taught, taught you how to race properly. And, you know, I think the kids nowadays are a little bit spoiled. We used to not have great tracks like this and Melton and... Had to go around, you know, all the tight little tracks with the run and rail, and they'd be putting you in the rail and banging you and not letting you out, and um, taught you how how to drive and harden up. So, 
Um, the rivalries are always there now, you know. Like I said to Karen, I think we've had three Quinellas tonight and she beat me twice and after the trot I said to her, if you had to beat me three times in a row, I said, I would never have forgiven you for that, especially on a night. Oh, that's right, you only got one to go. Uh, so she thought that was pretty humorous. I think it was, were well, the words a touch different to that, perhaps? Yeah, maybe a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> we've kept it. Last one for me, Damo, um, and then I'll, I'll throw to you. Um, You've spoken about the, all the great people you've driven against and with and, and then you will that you haven't met yet that you'll drive against. Um, who do you think has the potential to be the next Chris Alford and, and go to, to these sort of heights, 8,000 winners? Um, I'm going to throw one name out there. I think James Herbertson will, will be in that sort of realm in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. But who, who do you think will be up in chasing these numbers that you've set at the top of the game? Um, it just a lot comes down to um, opportunities like... Um, James has a lot of drives for, like, a lot of little trainers. Um, if he got the backing of a, a really big stable, not that there is so many now, um, Emma and Clayton, of course, but they have Mark um, Pitt at the moment and, you know, Kate, James gets the odd drive there. But um, to get to those numbers, I think you need to have the backing of a really big stable. I've been lucky right through, as I said, like, Noel and Jane to start with and then... Emma and Clayton, sort of Brent Lilly now, with you know, they've got sort of 50-plus horses. So to get so many wins, you've, you've got to have a good stable behind you with good horses. Yeah, maybe a Greg Sugars and with the team. Yeah, Greg's going well, but he seems to be, um, you know, he's a great driver, but he seems to be more concentrating on his own team at home now, which is a good thing because, um, you know, your own horses gives you a little bit more satisfaction when they win. Um uh, but, yeah, James, but he's always, oh, I've got sore hips, I've got sore this, oh, oh, oh. He's like an 80-year-old and he's only 20. <laughs> Over to you, Damo. Chris, last one before we let you go. We really appreciate you giving up so much of your time. A lot of young drivers look up to you, and I know you've set a no, big don't. milestone. No, really short, so they have to look down. <laughs> I know you said a big milestone, but do you still have your insecurities and self-doubts and do you still feel like you're learning and probably still loving it as much as you've ever had? Oh, always. I've been doubting myself the last two weeks trying to get to, <laughs> get to 8,000 thinking, what the hell am I doing wrong? But um, no, you just got to, you know, I think um, drive each race as it comes. You can sort of look and think what's going to happen, but you need to have two or three plans and, and not just one set one. And I think that makes a difference between, you know, good drivers and average ones that they can adapt to different situations when they happen. So, uh, you know, just drive every horse how they feel and um, you'll get the job done. Well, Chris, we really appreciate your time. Enjoy the milestone, enjoy reflecting and enjoy the years to come. Hopefully there's plenty more winners to come as well. And I know you're a man that likes to look forward. So really appreciate your time. Best of luck going forward. No, thanks for having me on.